Thank you for listening to Everything's Messy podcast. We appreciate your interest in health and wellness. However, it is important to note that the content provided in this podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. The information shared here is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The hosts and guests featured on Everything's Messy podcast are not licensed healthcare professionals, and the discussions within the episode should not be considered as personalized medical guidance. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding your medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on this podcast. If you have a medical emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. Reliance on any information provided by Everything's Messy podcast or its guests is solely at your own risk. This podcast may discuss general health topics, lifestyle choices, and wellness trends, but these discussions should not be interpreted as individualized medical recommendations. Every individual's health needs are unique, and what works for one person may not be suitable for another. We encourage you to consult with a healthcare professional before making any significant changes to your diet, exercise routine, or health practices. Everything's Messy Podcast and its hosts are not responsible for any actions taken based on the information provided during the podcast. Remember, your health is a personal matter, and professional medical advice is essential for making informed decisions about your well-being. Thank you for listening to Everything's Messy Podcast. Everything's Messy Podcast brought to you by Dreamweaver Media. So, incredible company. I'm so excited that I've had the chance to work with this company. Let me tell you, if you are looking to level up your podcast, level up your business, anything that you need to get very clear and laser focused with your goals for your company, you need to reach out to Dreamweaver Media. They have a strategy session report that they will do for you. And what that will do is you will discover your dream audience persona, define your business's why, craft a brand identity that speaks directly to your target audience, identify your marketing goals and create a custom plan and receive a detailed visual shoot plan that brings everything to life. Let me tell you, this company is amazing. So reach out to dreamweavermedia.co, that's dreamweavermedia.co, check out their website for more information. Hey there, it's Sarah Wilson, and welcome to Everything's Messy Podcast. Yep, you heard it right. Everything is messy because, well, it is. But here's the thing. In the mess, there's strength waiting to be found, and that's what we're all about here. My mission? To break the silence around chronic illness and build a community that's supportive, understanding, and downright empowering. So if you're ready to navigate the chaos, buck the conventional medical system, and embrace authentic healing, you're in the right place. We're going to tackle the big questions like how to balance it all, where the family fits into the messy equation and everything in between. This is your messy space, a place where we're not afraid to get real, have those important conversations, and maybe even share a few laughs along the way. I'll be sitting down with incredible people, each with their unique messes to explore their stories, experiences, and the lessons they've learned in the chaos. From unconventional healing methods to finding strength you never knew you had, we're covering it all. So grab a seat, get comfy, and let's dive into the messy. Because here at the Everything's Messy podcast, we're turning chaos into strength. Together, we're going to embrace the mess. Are you ready? Let's get messy. Hello, 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 messy people. This is Everything's Messy podcast. I am your host, Sarah Wilson. Welcome to this week's episode. So here we are into February. It is uh, National Heart Month. Uh, Wear red every day uh, to show your support. And um, I say this because as a heart attack survivor, I want everybody to be aware of the things that you should be doing to take care of your heart. And also, today is special for me. I'm celebrating my two-year anniversary post-heart attack. 
So that has left me very emotional today, very joyful, you know, waves of up and down, just it just having gratitude and um, just thankfulness, right? And when I think back on my story and how far I've come and how far I want to keep going, it is just really a great day to just celebrate, reflect, and continue to decide the healthy choices that I'm making and continue to go forward, right? One step in front of the other. That's so important. So yeah, big, big week for me. I thought it'd be a good idea. And I've gone through it some a little bit before, but <clears throat> I thought it would be a good idea to just talk about the statistics out there. So according to the American Heart Association website, about half of all Americans, or 47% to be exact, uh, have one of three key risk factors for heart disease, which is high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and smoking. And my story has been slightly different. I didn't have high cholesterol, I didn't have high blood pressure, and I'm not a smoker. So there are still things that need to be figured out. Again, that's why they call it practicing medicine. They don't know everything about it. But it's still a good time to take inventory and get a pulse on what your lifestyle choices are, what you're looking at, and how you might be able to move forward and, and do better for yourself. Uh, there's a lot of things that the website suggests, which I am doing so much more than I ever did before. So one of the things it suggests is get at least two and a half hours of physical activity each week. That's about 30 minutes a day, five days a week. And that to me is a baseline. We should at the minimum be getting 30 minutes of getting our hearts elevated and movement at a minimum 30 minutes. Uh, my trips, and again, I'm doing a little more than the average person just because that's a choice I'm making, but I would say I'm spending a good hour, hour and a half in the gym almost every day. That includes my cardio and my weightlifting, and I'm really trying to get better at my technique at weightlifting. No, I don't want to be buff. No, I'm looking, I'm not looking to be Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I am looking to have longevity. I'm definitely working on my mobility and my stability, uh, both things that I didn't realize I was lacking in, and very much I am. And I know that's hard. I know that's not easy, and a lot of people just can't do it. So if you can't do that, then I strongly urge you to at least do the 30 minutes a day. Of course, then they talk about the healthy foods that we should be eating. Now, we've talked about this again I am not pro or con any diet per se. I tell you what has worked for me and what hasn't. What hasn't, as you all know, is the vegan diet. What has been very successful is the carnivore. And I have, again, improvised and moved into more animal-based, uh, which is really helping. Uh, I don't disagree that it should be healthy no matter what you're looking to do. So those are things that with the New Year's that just passed and we, you know, making New Year's resolutions to eat better. But again, I strongly am a big believer on balance. If you are 80, 85 percent going to the gym, eating healthy, then the last 10 to 15 percent, if you have a cheat day, if you're, you know, have a special occasion, I don't want you to miss out. There's no punishment here. Now, again, I've talked about there are diehards out there who will be bringing their own foods to the family dinner, to the celebration. And 
I don't judge. That's fine. They need to do what they feel is right for them. But I do think that the more strict you are, the more rigid you are, it might be set up for uh, perhaps going backwards or even failing. Now, some people are moved by that. Some people need that rigid in them to accomplish their goals. And I totally commend that. But I think if you have an overall grasp on, you know, 85, 90% of the time you're doing the right thing, then 15 to 10% of the time you're just doing what you enjoy and enjoying life and enjoying different foods and enjoying time out with family or friends, then I really encourage you to do that. But the majority of our time, you know, we're making better choices. And so here's the, I don't know, thorn in my side for this one. Being overweight is hard on your heart. And as somebody who has tried to shed this meno belly, menopause belly that is just just holding me back and I'm so frustrated with it, um, I take umbrage to this, if you will, because I'm getting stronger and I feel like I'm the healthiest that I've been in a really long time. But these unwanted pounds due to the uh, you know uncontrolled hormones is driving me crazy. And it's making me be harder on myself. It's making me, you know, punish myself. And it's really, it's hard to get it under control. And I'm not one to get on birth control or do hormone replacement therapy. I am trying to tough it out. But at the same time, this overweight is not helping me at all. And that does increase increase your risk for heart disease, stroke, uh, high blood pressure, and of course, diabetes, which... Um, I already have. So <laughs> there's that. Um, definitely, if you're smoking, I don't judge you for smoking, but I would encourage you to stop smoking for your heart. That's really important. And then this is my big one, as you guys all know this, the reducing the stress and improving your sleep. And stress is such an onion of layers to peel back there's so many systems in our body that are wired into this stress that we either cause ourselves or we get, you know, become stressed because of other things. And it's so hard to tap into the parasympathetic level and just be calm and try to let go of some of that stress. But honestly, it's probably the hardest thing that I've ever had to do, learning the breath work learning how to sit still, learning how to meditate, learning how to just be calm. It's just, I'm just not wired that way. Not because I'm looking for chaos and wanting to be stressed out, but I'm just constantly operating in this, you know, level of chaos and stress and things that are happening and movement and action. And it's just, we're just, I'm just a constantly going, going, going person, but I have literally had to train myself to stop that. I hope it's making a difference. Sometimes I really do think I'm wasting my time and I could be doing other things while I'm sitting here doing breath work and meditating. But I, I do think at the time that I'm doing it, it is helping. At least that's what I'm telling myself. And then talking about sleep. And I've talked about this before. Lately, I've become very protective of my sleep. It is super important that I you know, go to bed at the same time every night that I wake at the same time every morning and that I'm getting true, deep recovery sleep. 
you know, when my kids were little, like baby stage, I felt like I slept with one eye open because I would never know if they were going to need me. I never. And while all moms, new moms do that, I don't think I ever stopped doing that. It just became habit. And I was just, I was incredible light sleeper. And now I feel like I've, you know, I'm taking the magnesium at night. I'm doing the things that I need to do. And that's helping, even if just for a short time, it's a better quality of sleep than I've been getting in the past. And again, new moms, you're in it for the long haul for now. You got to do what you got to do. But eventually, I recommend trying to, you'll never sleep like you did before children. That just comes with the job. But to be mindful and try and get back to at least a restful state for as long as you can, that will help you. And, you know, this is also a reminder, if you haven't gone to the doctor in a while, again, you know how I feel about doctors, but they are the ones that can check the levels at least, get a baseline. What are you looking at? Are you looking at really high blood pressure? Are you looking on what could, you know, be impacting your heart? We have to be, and I've said this a million times, but we have to be the proactive keepers of our own health. We cannot and should not depend on any doctor or any medical professional telling us, hey, you have this, this, and this. They can give us the diagnosis. They can give us a plan of maybe what we need to do, but we need to be proactive and taking personal responsibility for what is going on with our bodies. And that's so incredibly important. I can't even stress that enough. And again, I know you have all heard me rant about this before, but it's truly, truly, truly um, it just so important. So, and, you know, it... We have to live day to day. We don't want to focus on the bad. But if you have, you know, had a gnawing, an urge, somebody in your mind saying, hey, maybe you need to get this checked out, I encourage you to go do that because you never know what your body is trying to tell you. So talking about um, the symptoms of heart disease, especially in women, they may be silent. I know for me they were. And it's really hard to say, oh, I need to go to the doctor when you don't really know if anything's going on. And, you know, the the obvious uh, symptoms, chest pain, upper back or neck pain, sometimes indigestion, heartburn, nausea, those kinds of things. They talk about extreme fatigue, uh, upper body discomfort, dizziness, and shortness of breath. Now, here's the kicker. I did have shortness of breath, kind of, but I attributed it to being in a high altitude area you know, in Colorado Springs, we're over 6,000 feet. And everyone said it was going to be hard to acclimate. And so I just took it for what it is, but I never acclimated. I always had shortness of breath. Climbing the stairs in our house always made me out of breath. Looking back on it now, that was obviously part of what I was feeling as with, with the uh, heart symptoms, but I didn't know that. And again, it wasn't pain. There, I never had any pain. And so that's really, really important to pay attention to, um, you know, and then and then, of course, they talk about, you know, heart failure, which is actually a little more um, deeper, right? As the shortness of breath, again, fatigue, you have swelling of the feet, ankles, legs, abdomen or neck veins. And again, I never had any of that. Now, I have mentioned it before. Years prior, I had frozen shoulder which I don't think had anything to do with the heart symptoms, but it was sort of one of those by way of that got me to those symptoms. I remember not being able to lift my left arm over my head, 
which everybody knows, oh my gosh, when you grab your left arm, you could be having a heart attack. But it was never painful. It was just a nagging pressure. And I just, it was a mobility. I couldn't lift it. And I I wish I would have gone and checked that out. But again, as moms, hello, we have aches and pains and sides, of, you know, all this going on, you know, baby on the side and diaper bag this and groceries and all one arm. And I just never dawned on me that it could be anything wrong with my heart. So again, I encourage all of you to, you know, go get it taken care of, go get it looked at. February is the month to do it. Again, I'm happy to be celebrating two years post heart attack. I hope I can continue, continue, continue to celebrate those milestones. And then circling back, and if you are a type 1 diabetic, if you are on an insulin pump and you have been for several years, again, I was always told, watch out for the protein in your kidneys. Make sure you're getting your kidneys checked. And while that is all very, very important, you know, same with your eyes, all of that very, very important, they they didn't tell me about my heart. So if you have a chronic condition, especially type 1 diabetes, make sure you are familiar with the signs and symptoms of any heart problem, but make sure you're being proactive. And that goes back to exercising, 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 keeping your blood sugar numbers in control, doing the best you can with your physical activity. All of these things are so important. And it's, I mean, I sound like a broken record at this point, but it's so, so important that you take care of that and you take accountability and step up to the plate and do what you need to do for it. Nobody's going to help you. Nobody's going to lead you. You have to be the one that is your biggest advocate, that is your biggest voice to be like, hey, hello, look look at me over here. I, I need to do this because like I said, turned 40 in 2019. Um, and I had seen the doctor, but they hadn't, they didn't really say, oh, you're 40, you need to make sure that you get this, this and this checked. By the time it was even a thought, COVID had happened, I was seeing doctors via Zoom. They weren't really talking about that. It was basically just emergency care at that point. If you weren't sick, okay, they were fine and certainly wasn't going into the office. Don't fall through the cracks. Don't wait and don't invalidate whatever you feel needs to be checked out. Don't try to be the hero. Don't try to overcut, you know, there's that, I always tell my kids, oh, it hurts, rub some dirt on it. And I mean that tongue in cheek. If it was serious, then I'm going to be advocating they get the health they need. I didn't know mine was serious. So I do kind of take a step back when they do tell me something and I really try to prioritize and listen to what they're saying. And then I might tell them rub some dirt on it. I say that jokingly. Obviously, if it was important, I would take care of it. But um, there's so much put on moms. There's so much uh, of this, the day-to-day, the long-term, the worries. It's all put on the moms. Not to say that dads don't have a special place. And maybe there are dads out there doing the mom job too. And I commend you for that. But most of the time, it's the moms keeping down the fort, running the day-to-day stuff, they know what's going on. They have their pulse on the on what, you know, it needs to happen, what's going to happen. And I've said many, many times, we are, we forget ourselves. Not because, you know, we don't think our families have forgotten us. No, but we forget that we also need that time to take care of ourselves. And 
I just really hope that you're doing that. I hope that, they, you know, I've shared my failures and the things that I've gone through. And I've hoped that it's inspired you to not be like me and to go out there and maybe take some action. Be proactive because we only get one shot, right? We only get one shot at this thing called life. And I think if we know to do better, then we should do better. And man, to do better for yourself is the best thing you can do. You think about your kids, you want to be there for your kids, you want to be there for your family members, you want to be there for your significant other. That is the gift you can give them is to take care of yourself. And, you know, I'm not going to say no to a massage. <laughs> so there we go. Um, short episode this week. I've got a lot of fires in the, or a lot of irons in the fire. I'm excited. I don't want to give too much away. Um, but I've got some really fun people lined up. We're going to get into it in February. And I just, again, really appreciate this platform to speak to you and to tell you and to share my journey with you. I absolutely love all of the comments and the things that people have shared with me. I truly love to hear your stories, not because they're painful or because they're sad. It's so you can feel like you're being heard and people can relate to that. And I feel like that is such a powerful thing. And I'm always loving what you're going through. If you're in the mess, I want to sit with you. I want to sit right next to you. and We're going to talk about this mess. If you've gone through the mess, but you've come out of it and you're on the other side, I want to know how you did that. I want to know what you did. And I want to congratulate and support you and celebrate you that you were able to get through your mess. So please send me your messy stuff. Send me your stories. I'd love to hear about it. I want to talk about it. I want to be able to support you in any way that I can. And especially those dealing with chronic illness, parents who have children newly diagnosed with type 1 or any other chronic illness, I want to reach out to you. I want to be your support. All of this can be overwhelming, but we can help. We can get resources out. We can share our stories and become relatable to each other. And I think that's so important. So send me your stories. Let's get messy. Let's you know, just have a blast doing it. I really appreciate all of my listeners out there. It seems to be expanding all over the globe, and I'm so excited for that. And I hope that it continues, and I hope we can just have a great year, great month of February, and um, to all of you, a very messy thank you. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to Everything's Messy Podcast. If you don't mind, if you'd head on over to wherever you listen to your podcast at and like, subscribe, maybe leave me a review. I would totally appreciate that. If you'd like to be considered to be a guest on our podcast, please reach out to me at everythingsmessy at gmail.com. You can also find me on social media at Everything's Messy Podcast on Instagram. I'm also on X, which was Twitter at Everything's Mess and Facebook at Everything's Messy Podcast. Once again, I'd love to hear from you in any capacity and anything that you'd like to share with me. Thanks again for listening.